Welcome back to What Stories Say with Seth and Seth. I'm Seth the Elder. I'm Seth the Younger. And today we're going to talk, we're going to be talking about um, the Stormlight Archives, uh, mm -hmm. a book series by Brandon Sanderson. And Seth has uh, chosen a a theme song for one of the main characters. And these this is a very long series, and each yeah. book is very long. And so there are many characters, and so we've chosen, we're going to do this on one specific character, and I'm going to let Seth go ahead and start us off. Yeah, so the, the story is definitely really long and complicated, and it would be difficult to cover all of it in a, a single episode, but I do think that um, this song that I've chosen works really well for the particular character, which is Dalinar Colin, who is um, just uh, a little bit of background on his character so that we can uh, explain what the song is going to be talking about. And, and obviously... just, just remember that, that, that there are spoilers. Every yes. time we do this podcast, there are going to be spoilers. So it's never uh, going to be a, a case where yeah. we're not going to spoil the book. This one is going to have some relatively major spoilers, especially for book three, I think, which is the uh, the one that is from um, his point of view. No, the second one is from is his it? point of view, right? Okay. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> I just what? know the first the, one is from Cal. It's a long series. They blend together to a degree. But po point being, there are definitely spoilers. Uh, we're getting that out of the way right away. So, Dalinar is a, uh, a warlord. Um, he... Uh, he and his brother are from sort of like a, a clan or tribe in this uh, really warlike culture. And in their their background, in their past, they uh, did this big uh, campaign and conquest to conquer all of the other clans uh, in like their culture and unite them together into one uh, single nation. And Dalinar's brother was was made king. Yes. And Dalinar has been kind of his main general. Mm -hmm. So uh, Dalinar, he has this reputation uh, for being a really uh, terrifying, scary, violent warlord kind of character, um, it, which is definitely true of his past. Uh, but he also has a major paradigm shift in his character that happens a little bit before the beginning of the story, um, partially as a result of a, uh, a specific um, campaign that they do, a specific part of their, their conquest uh, where they attack this one city and basically burn the whole thing to the ground. Uh, and in this particular battle, Dalinar gets really wrapped up in the battle and gets kind of tunnel vision for the the fighting and the war um and accidentally ends up being essentially being responsible for the death of his wife um and that really really affects him uh really badly to the point that he uh seeks out a a magical uh, solution to basically make him forget all about her so that he can get away from this this pain this emotional pain
pain that he's experiencing as a result of his grief and guilt. Um, and so he goes to like this powerful magical being and uh, is granted like a, a boon where uh, he, he remembers that he had a wife, but he loses all of his memories about her. Uh, so right. to the point that he doesn't even know her name. He can't even hear her name when other people speak it. He just hears kind of whispering noises. Okay, so so the thing is that Dalinar, because because of this event that led to the death of his wife, that mm-hmm. he was that he was at least partially responsible for, he has kind of lost his bloodlust, right? Right, mm-hmm. this, this desire to go out and kill and conquer, and 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 he has become a lot more docile. Yeah, and even though he forgets all about these events that happened in his past, uh, consciously, he still clearly has unconscious effects on his personality that, uh, that cause him to, to mellow out a little bit, to uh, no longer take the, the joy that he used to have in the, the fighting and the violence, uh, to start turning to other things to find um, meaning and fulfillment in his life, including uh, doing a lot of uh, reading of old, important philosophical and historical texts, which in their culture is a little abnormal because for them, uh, men don't read. He's not, he doesn't even know how to read. He has to have a female servant read things to him because it is culturally inappropriate for men to learn how to read. Uh, right. for them because they're the it would distract them from all the warring that they have to do <laughs> right right so so he's become very knowledgeable about mm. the about the history and the theology of of his of his people yeah and and then and that's kind of where we come in to the story with him mm-hmm. in this kind of this role Yes. And, and he's still, but he's, and he's still the general, though. It's, yeah. not, it's not like he's not the general, but now they're fighting. So, so they were fighting their own kind of, kind of people. Yeah. And now they're, they're, they're fighting a, a different, um, a different race, a different of, race. of people. They're, they're not even, uh, actually human uh, right. their, their enemies that they're facing during the story. Right, and that's kind of where we're coming into the story is is them them facing mm-hmm. this this uh, other race yeah. of uh, being and very intelligent though like humans, not not mm-hmm. you know so it's another race of humanoid though not human yes. characters. And and Dalinar is kind of overall in charge of this um, campaign, mm-hmm. but he's also got all of these other lords that are the people who have been conquered by his him and his brother, yeah. who are there, who each have their own armies. And Delinor's kind of in, you know over the whole thing, mm-hmm. but each of them is individually over their own over their own people. And so, they, yeah. so that's that's going on as as we get into the story. But let's let's go ahead and start start into the the song and really talk about kind of what what you're what you're seeing here in this song in relation to Dalinor. Yeah. 
So the very beginning of this song, the first kind of stanza of the verse, uh, takes us right into where Dalinar's character is when we introduce him at the beginning of the first book. Uh, so it says, uh, Hunger for the sleep I know will never come. Crowded is the space. Oh, wait, hold on. Okay. Before I go on, I just realized I have not yet introduced the song. Oh, uh, yeah, so do that. Uh, let, me, <laughs> let me do that real quick first. Um, so the song that I picked uh, for to represent Dalinar Colin um, is a song called Voices of the Chord. Um, it's uh, by... Even the, just, I'm just going to say, even the title of this song sounds like it fits this story. So Yeah, uh, and there's a lot of ways that that, that, that applies that, that I think we'll get into. But yeah, the, so this song is by uh, a Japanese, one of my favorite Japanese artists named uh, Hiroyuki Sawano. Um, and uh, fortunately, this particular song happens to be all in English. Uh, so we don't have to worry about translations um but yeah so uh getting into the song the first part it says hunger for the sleep i know will never come crowded is the space but don't have anyone i could read the bible to drown out the hum avoid the voices of the chord um so there's a couple of things here that are that are standing out to me about like the beginning of the story um and i think it one thing that it plays into is something that, that is happening to Dalinar right at the beginning of the series, which is that he's starting to have these visions. Uh, they show up whenever like the, this kind of big important storm uh, goes through, and he's having uh, like... So in a way, he's, of kind of a, he's kind of a prophet. Mm -hmm. In a way, he's having visions of the past, but also, I think, if I remember, he's also having, it's not just the past. He has visions of, of things that are happening now as well. Uh, yeah. At least he's, he sees the, the, the Father God Yeah, and he's, he's hearing the, the, the voice of the, um, the God that his uh, culture... Uh, worships, worships right. uh, who they refer to as the Almighty, right? Um, and uh, he, but at, at this point, early in the story, um, he's having these visions, but he doesn't know for sure whether or not they're visions. He has a lot of doubt about. Well, uh, he doesn't understand what he's seeing. Yeah, he doesn't understand what he's seeing. All of the people around him, uh, including his own uh, children, to a degree, basically just think that he's going crazy right or or going senile from from his age um even though he's not that old no he's I mean, not he but they still kind of act like it they do but I, I don't think he can be much older than i am i mean no i'm 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 46 i think <laughs> and uh maybe i'm going senile too uh, you know and, and his and his son his oldest son is is got to be in his maybe early twenties, probably, uh -huh. probably close uh, to my age, which is close to your <laughs> age. So I imagine them them as a family being close to like you and I. That he's mm -hmm. close to my age, and his son, his oldest son, is close to your age. Yeah, but Dalinar is kind of experiencing at this point this confusion of having these visions and not knowing what they are, not knowing 
what to think. He kind of feels like they're visions, but other people are telling him that he's crazy. Um, and uh, they are uh, kind of interrupting a lot of his life. So you have hunger for the sleep I know will never come. Uh, whenever these storms go through and he has the visions, he knows that he's going to he's going to experience this while he's sleeping and it's it's um it's so it, well it's so real to him as it happens that he's not actually resting he's sleeping but he's not sleeping because he's he's mm -hmm. in these visions he's but in the visions he's actually taking on a role yes he's not just seeing he's actually participating and and that's very very uh yeah yeah anyway so and then it, yeah and then it says uh crowded is the space but don't have anyone so basically uh everyone around him he's got all of these warlords and armies he is in a very crowded place literally he's surrounded by tons of people uh but no one really believes him about the the things that he's going through or really wants to try to understand him well so he's kind of isolated but, but also he's also isolated in the sense that he's isolated himself by by intentionally erasing the memory of his wife mm -hmm. um and so and so it's, it's one of those senses too where he's without that he's he's kind of alone yeah and he doesn't ha even have the memories of her uh, mm -hmm. So he has his children, they have memories of her, but he doesn't. Mm -hmm. So he's in a place alone where Absolutely. nobody else has that. Has the, so he's got these experiences yeah. and these dreams at night. He's in a crowded place where people don't, don't really listen to him or believe him. Mm -hmm. He um, doesn't have an emotional connection with people the way he could because mm -hmm. of having erased this memory of his wife. So this, yeah. this goes really well with what we're talking about. Absolutely. And then the next line is basically his coping mechanism for this, which says, I could read the Bible to drown out the hum. Now, obviously, this is a fantasy world where the Bible uh, doesn't, doesn't exist, exist. But, the, but he is reading the religious texts mm -hmm. of the past of the people and becoming very knowledgeable about the history mm -hmm. and seeking that out. Yeah. Uh, and then avoid the voices of the chord, which at this point, uh, the, the voices that he's hearing of, of uh, the, the chord, same chord, as in like a, a chord of music, is uh, kind of relevant here, actually, because uh, it's a little complicated, so we won't go into it way too much. But the way that the, the magic in this world works, uh, in including the way that these visions are being, being conveyed to him, is sort of connected to uh, music or rhythms and sort of like the inherent natural rhythms of the of the world and planet that now, they what, what live on. What is the name of it? The rhythm? Uh, Isn't that a part of one of the names of one of the books? Or oh, yes, yeah. The uh, I think the third book is called... Wait. I'm, I'm having a very hard time remembering which book is which by title, but one of the books is called Rhythm of War. Right. Uh, which is in reference to this that that's the book in which they really kind of explore the the scientific uh side of how this magic works and how these rhythms apply to right. it right uh but the, the these voices that are coming to him through uh through these visions and the and the the magical rhythms of the world at this point he is interested in what they have to say, 
but to a degree he's avoiding them too. He doesn't he's not really interacting with them the way that he will later in the story because he is confused by them because people are telling him that they're not real. So that, so there's that aspect of it, but there's also the aspect of the voices of the chord being the rhythm of war, not just the magic, but the actual rhythm of war, which he's lost his desire for mm-hmm. after having uh, ha- having caused oh, the death yeah. of his wife. So he's lost the desire for these voices of the chord of the rhythm of war, which has been kind of his mantra his whole life. Yeah. And he's kind of lost this and he's trying to avoid this. And yet he's there in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. And so and so turning to these texts, turning to the Bible, he can he can avoid that hum of the rhythm of war as well. Yeah. Um, so then we get into the, the second part of this first verse. Um, and I think that this is really talking about his wife and his relationship with her, despite the fact that he doesn't remember her there's he he knows that he had a wife and there's enough of a subconscious awareness and desire to remember something about her for him to have a sort of uh interesting relationship with his memory of her even though it doesn't exist there Uh, so it says all the roads inside my head loop back to you i've done many things i thought i'd never do it's you that i can feel but i keep my hands upon the wheel uh, so we have this this feeling of um, even though he can't remember his wife, everything is is going back. All the roads in his head are looping back to her. Uh, he he wants to remember at this point, um, and it frustrates him every time somebody says her name and he can't hear it. Um, it interferes with his relationship with his children because they remember having a mother and he doesn't have those same memories that they do um and so uh like even even when he uh even though he struggles with it his mind just keeps going back there um and it has to go back there because he can't he has not been able to process through it because he's given yeah. up the memory of her exactly and then he says i've done many things i thought i'd never do and obviously that comes back again to um, kind of, kind of losing interest in the, in the, mm-hmm. in the fighting and the blood and the bloodshed. I mean, everything that he's doing now is very different from his past, from his reputation. People, people in the present no. meet him and and experience a very different person than he used to. And, be. and if I remember correctly, his wife didn't like the the bloodshed she no. did she was always against the warring and the con and and, and the yeah. and the and the conflict and the and the um conquering yeah and she was very pacifistic compared to him and most of his culture right and so and so um as it goes on it's you that i can feel right mm-hmm. he can't remember her but he can feel her yeah he can, and he can feel, feel her influence these, this influence in his life and and she's really been the by she's had a much bigger influence in his life in with her death than she ever did when she was alive mm-hmm. and that's what he's feeling here and he says but i keep my hands upon the uh, upon the wheel and i think that goes to just his he keeps he's still the warlord mm-hmm. he's still fighting he's mm-hmm. still in charge of this whole campaign yeah so he keeps his hand upon the wheel, even though all this stuff, this influence from her is there, and he's 
his desire for conflict, his desire for bloodshed, his desire to conquer has, has subsided, but he still, but I keep my hands upon the wheel because he just, he, he's still doing, he still thinks that they're doing the right thing, especially with this conflict with this with this other race, which yeah. I can never remember the name of the race. But uh, the uh, his people refer to them as the Parshendi. Yeah, the Parshendi. That and, and so and so he still feels like they're doing the right thing. Um, and, and I think he feels like that, like they're like he's like they're defending themselves from the Parshendi. They don't yeah. feel like they're conquerors at this point. He doesn't, at least. I think some of the other ones do. Yeah. Um, and I think partially as Dalinar has changed over the course of his lifetime from being a bloodthirsty, violent warlord into the man that he is now, uh, especially after reading all of this uh, theology and philosophy that he's been studying, uh, he's a very moral character. He, mm -hmm. He's very morally upright and cares about uh, doing the right thing and, uh, and uh, standing up for people who can't uh, stand up for themselves. Um, and so uh, I keep my hands upon the wheel can uh, sort of connect to that as well, that he's, mm -hmm. he's like you were saying, he is trying to do the right thing. He's trying to steer his people in the right direction, even when he doesn't exactly know what that is. Right. Um, so then we get into the chorus. Um, I, I really like this part. Um, the, the first two lines are really interesting because they show sort of a, a contradictory uh, experience and feeling that he has around his, his relationship with his wife that feels really powerful and realistic to me. It says, I turn the page to drown you out. You are the only thing I, that I still care about. So there's sort of a paradoxical thing there that First, it says, I turn the page to drown you out. He's, that's, uh, in, in terms of the, this theme song, is in reference to when he chose to let go of these memories initially um, and forget uh, and, and drown out his memories of his wife in, in order mm -hmm. to be able to deal with all of this trauma that he's going through. And yet, he also says, you are the only thing that I still care about. His, his mind keeps going back to her. The things that are connected to who she was, to her ideals, to the children that he had with her, those are the things that he cares about now. Uh, right. He's lost his everything that he cared about, about the, the warring and fighting. At this point, his brother, who he did all of this conquesting with, has died and been replaced as king by... Uh, his young son, Dalinar's, right, so Dalinar's uh, nephew, nephew. Mm -hmm. um, he's lost everything about who he was as this warlord version of himself in the past, and so the one thing that's left that he still cares about is also this one thing that he gave up. Right. Um, it's a really interesting part of the book, this this conflict that, yeah. he, that he has with himself. And the conflict that he has within himself is not just... Um, you know about the warring and whatnot, but it's also about now he's got this new conflict about I gave up the one thing that really matters to me, mm -hmm. and and you know in in giving up the the memories of his wife. Yeah. Uh, so then the the second part of this stanza like addresses that actually pretty directly. 
uh, where it says, if I can heal the conflict that's within, I'll know the war has reached its bitter end. So there are multiple different conflicts I feel like this can refer to. The, the most obvious one being his own personal conflict that he needs to heal around uh, his... He feels guilty about his actions in the past. Right. Uh, he has this uh, this situation with his memories of his wife, all of these things within him that are really broken that he needs to heal. And there's also the conflict of his people because all of the, uh, the sort of clans that they brought together into this kingdom are not really all that united, even though they are technically united under one uh, ruler at this point, they still really like fight and argue and don't get along very well. And it makes it difficult for them to like this war, this campaign, this new campaign that they're trying to do uh, is they're not getting anywhere because the clans won't actually uh, well, if they don't like uh, work together with each other. Right, so there's no, there's no real battle plan in the beginning. It's really just each each um, warlord is going out on his own and fighting and bringing home you know the the prize of the battle and and it's almost a competition more than it yeah. is an actual uh, campaign exactly like a unified campaign it's a competition who can who's who's coming home with the you know with the greatest vic with the most victory mm -hmm. points and, and whatnot. yeah so Dalinar has this feeling that if he can heal if he can heal his own internal conflict and if he can heal the conflict between the uh, these different groups, that then all of this uh, this fighting uh, and the and the conflict will be able to to be brought to a head and and, and well, that, reach they, its bitter end. Right, and they'll be able to defeat these these Parshendi, that which is what they're they're fighting. Mm -hmm. He and, and he feels like, wow, if we could if we could unite we could end all of the conflicts the conflicts mm -hmm. between the conflict within myself the conflict between the warlords and the conflict between the humans and the Pershendi. yeah um and then even uh later in the series um as the kind of the scope of their conflict uh grows to a to a much greater level um you you get sort of this feeling from Basically, the uh, the magic the and, and like powers that the main characters have in this world are very directly connected to their um, being a that their uh, moral uprightness and mm -hmm. their their uh, emotional and and like their capability of choosing to. Uh, to do the right thing and to help others um and so as uh dalinar later takes on a greater role in a a little bit of a holier conflict uh that healing that he has to go through is directly tied to the ability that he has to fight the the enemy that they have to face right um so then uh the uh, the chorus then goes into a second part, um, which is going to bring us back into uh, his relationship with his wife and a little bit of the the way that that part of the story concludes. Um, and it says, 
Uh, Ocean, you are calling me a place with no memory. Obviously, that is... Uh, he's, he's feeling called to this place, uh, this sort of mental place of uh, where his wife was with him, where he doesn't have memory of that, but he feels like he's being called toward it, and it, eventually his memories start kind of coming back a little bit, and there will be a point later in the story where all of that returns to him, mm-hmm. and he has to deal with that emotional trauma that he went through again. He didn't really get over it. He just magically postponed it. Um, mm-hmm. So, so, so when it says, Ocean, you are calling me a place with no memory, he's, he's saying, I'm being called to this place where I have yeah. no memory, but I'm being called back to it. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and then the, the, the second part of this, I think, has a really interesting double meaning because you can apply it both to his past and to his present. Mm-hmm. It says, I burned the blood, I passed the test, and now my love is laid to rest. So in his past, this can describe the event with his wife that that caused all of these this uh well, stuff it, that he's so going through in the first place i burned the blood is like in in that sense is he he fought against this city that they were trying to conquer and literally and literally it. conquered it so he passed the test he overcame um, and my love is laid to rest is his wife died as a result of this his literally. wife had literally laid to rest and then also him giving up the memories of her mm-hmm. is also, he's laying that love to us, he's getting rid of it. Uh-huh. And it also, then it says, our names aren't written on the list, which can also be him giving up his memory of his wife. Right. Uh, but then you can also take it in his present with his growth. Uh, I burned the blood, I passed the test, can be him after he gets these memories back, having to deal with that again and eventually being able to uh, to find a way to accept that this th- this thing that he did in the past and be able to move on and pass the test, to be mm-hmm. able to uh, to allow himself to uh, to repent and forgive himself for his past so that he can focus on the next step instead of focusing on the past. And then, in that sense, my love is laid to rest uh, (coughs) means not his wife dying, but him allowing her and his memory of her uh, to move on uh, and and to say, um, I, I have learned what I needed to learn uh, from this, and now I can forgive myself and move past it. It, it, it could it could be that it also could be his 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 uh, um, bloodlust, his love as bloodlust mm-hmm. has been laid to rest. He no longer desires this this conquest. He no longer desires to kill. Um, that's been laid to rest. And now our names aren't on the list, and mm-hmm. he, he's not on the list of people who want to kill people anymore. Yeah. Um, then the, uh, the rest of the song is basically just a repeating of this chorus of these, these ideas and kind of, uh, hammering it home of what, uh, this change that he's gone through from the person that he was in the past as this, uh, warlord to the person that he's become 
now. And the one change that we get right at the end of the uh, the second chorus is one extra line that says, after it says, our names aren't written on the list, it then follows that up by saying, but you and I know we exist. So uh, he has been able to uh, to change and move past all of these things, but he doesn't give up that memory. He doesn't... Which he had done before, but he, but now yes. he's gotten it back. Now, he's re- instead he's of giving it up, memory. he's accepted it. He's made it a right. part of himself and allowed himself to recognize this is a part of who I am and uh, and who I was, and I can deal with that. And his wife was never a really important figure to uh, to really anyone else. She intentionally stayed out of a lot of the conflicts that are really, uh, have been really instrumental to their culture because she didn't care about them. And so really the, at this point, the only people who care that much about her past, his past with her and her memory are him and his children. Right. So uh, our names aren't written on the list in that sense can also be this is this relationship isn't going to be a it's not going to be in the history books the way that some of the other things that he's done are but you and I know we exist because he knows that that was what was really important right now I wonder I I haven't read the last book that has come out I think I've read the all the other ones right but I kind of wonder does does the does his relationship with his wife continue to be an important part or does once he brings the memories back and works through them does it kind of the does the book that last book kind of leave that out of the story at this point well in the in the fourth book which is the the most recent one to come mm-hmm. out so far um, Dalinar doesn't actually appear a lot. He doesn't have as major of a role as he has in some of the previous books. So in a way, it's a little bit hard to say. But just based on like the actions that he's taking, I would say personally that his relationship with his wife in that sense continues to be really important to him. Everything, yeah. everything that he's learned and that he's applying to his life now and being able to, to figure out how to make the right choices in these very difficult situations he finds himself in, especially political situations where he doesn't really feel confident or comfortable as a politician, but he kind of has to be um, because of, of uh, all of the conflict that's going on. And I think that his what, what he has gained from this uh, history that he had and and being able to learn to move on from it uh, continues to be kind of the main driving force behind his character. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, I think that was a good uh, a good discussion. I think um, I will probably come back to these books and do mm-hmm. another uh, one or two of the characters. Yeah, I would future. love to do one for Kaladin, who is kind of the main main character of the series. Well, Kaladin is is the best character. So <laughs> he's just he's yeah. just the best character. He's just a good he's the he's just a good guy from beginning to end. And mm-hmm. you know, not that he doesn't make mistakes, but I like Kaladin. So I yeah. agree. I would like to do one for Kaladin, and probably there's a couple of other characters in mm-hmm. there that would be good. 
Um, it's a good it's a good book series that that we've enjoyed reading mm-hmm. as a, um, and talking about. So uh, next week we will probably do Shannon Hale's The Goose Girl. Okay. And the song that goes with that is Available Light by Rush. All right. I'm excited for that one. All right. We'll see you guys next week.